Hey everyone, welcome to the Brews Day podcast episode number four. This is Rob and I'm joined by Andy, Josh, and Wes. What's up everyone? What's going hey. on? Yo. On today's episode, we'll kick it off like we always do with a cheers beer of the week, then dive in and discuss a potentially controversial quote about New England IPAs. We'll review the results of last week's big board and our competition for this week, followed by the lightning round. All right, that's enough for me. Let's drink some beer. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Tonight, we've got the Prismatic Juicy IPA from Ninkasi Brewing Company out of Eugene, Oregon. 5.9% ABV, 36 IBU. It has an untapped average of 3.72 with 22.5 thousand check-ins. It's not a unique from any one of us. What do you guys think? To me, I, I rated it back in 2018. I gave it a three and a half. I, I still think it's a three and a half. To me, it's a great deal. I, I bought a six pack of it and I think I did it for like nine fifty. Um, so for sort of a, a good beer to have in your fridge, I think it fits the bill. It has a mild tropical taste, but it's not super strong in any any one given category. Um, it sort of seems somewhere between like a West Coast versus a juicy. Um, there's just not a lot of bitterness and it's it's a it's a perfectly average beer would be my my sort of take at it. Yeah, I mean I, I like it more than that. I, I think it's a really good uh smooth IPA. It's it's not gonna knock your socks off, but it's it's a nice classic taste to it. It's it's not too bitter, it's not too juicy. They didn't pack, try to pack too much flavor in it. It's just a nice standard IPA. I really like it. Uh, I'm a three seven five on it. I think I'd keep that. I don't, I'm not allowed to rate three, seven, five anymore. So I'd, I'd probably round out to three, eight. Now I, I okay. really like this beer. I think it's a really good, classic, smooth taste to it. Yeah, Wes, I would, I would agree with you. I enjoyed it a lot. One thing that surprised me similarly last week, I was surprised this beer has a hop for like a hop recipe of six different varieties of hops and two of them being cryo hops. So they pack a lot in here. So you know, what you guys both have said, I agree with it's for me, I rated it a three, seven, five back in August of last year. I'm probably right around, you know, three, seven, three, eight, kind of holding true to that. So really like the taste. I, personally for me, I got a little chonk in mine. I don't know what that is. That yeah, might be a dating I got issue. A little chonk too. <laughs> Maybe that's the prism thing you're supposed to see inside the glass. It's the juiciness, <laughs> but I'm actually going to throw something out here. The beer is, they call itself a, a juicy IPA. And I think at times that can be kind of synonymous with hazy IPA, but I can see through the beer. So that to me, at least like removes it from being considered a hazy, but that's, yeah, that's kind of like my personal opinion. Juicy's not supposed to be synonymous with hazy. I feel like a lot of people just use them uh, one in the same. Oh, okay. Because juicy is supposed to be aroma and flavor. Hazy is its own like... Juicy is the way you describe a beer. Hazy, hazy is when you're talking about it as like the same as New England. It's a style of beer. So technically, okay, got it. I wouldn't say that a juicy IPA is even its own style, in my personal opinion. I don't know if I'd call juicy IPA like something I'd label a beer as. I would just call it an IPA that is juicy. You know, I, and you, yeah, could use the, you could use the same thing with hazy, but if you're talking in the terms of like a New England, I think they'd be they're they're not the same thing. All right, let's move on to our main topic. We're going to be discussing an interview that was conducted by Hop Culture. 
The interview interview is with one of New York's well-known beer buyers, Corey Bonfiglio. Corey is also the owner of Beer Street. The interview was well done and highlights some of the trends in the beer industry. You can check it out on hopculture.com. So guys, I want to call out a quote from Corey and get your reaction and your thoughts. In the interview, Corey stated that people's introduction to drinking beer is New England. And to quote Corey, it sucks. He goes on to say that people are buying beers that largely taste the same and that people are buying art and image as opposed to the liquid. There's obviously a lot to this quote. So let's try to break it down. There's a lot to unfold there for sure. <laughs> there is. And Wes, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, it's, it's tough because I, I, I agree with this statement, but I also wholeheartedly disagree with this statement. I understand what he's saying that they're being brought in with this like fruity, easy to drink IPA. But I don't think you can argue the fact that it's good that we're bringing a non-craft beer drinker into the craft world any way you can. And Hazy's have done that. And at, at a huge increase, I, I mean, people are coming in like drones coming in because they're like, they want to drink a hazy IPA and they like it. And if you can get more people in the bar seats at a bottle shop, that's great because that benefits us who drink any IPA. The worry I do have and why I do agree with him is my worry is that they go to hazy IPA, all they drink is a hazy IPA. And that is just going to only create the demand for hazies. And our normal IPAs, our West Coast IPAs, our double IPAs are going to start being produced less to just do that popular hazy. Because the hazy train's not going away at this point. So it's it's tough to it's tough to take it aside either sure. way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, though, that is an opportunity that, that Corey has. And I think he even talks a little bit about it uh, later on in the article. But if that's what people are coming into his establishment for... He also has the ability to adapt what people are, are tasting and trying. So maybe somebody comes in looking for, you know, what's your newest New England IPA? Maybe you create a flight that moves you up uh, from a session IPA to a New England IPA to a lower IBU, AB, uh, IBU IPA. And then even for a lack of a better option, something like a Pliny that is a double IPA, but maybe isn't so harsh or bitter and try to help people figure out different types of beer that they might like. But I, I do, Wes, to your point, I don't want a beer gatekeep. gatekeep. Nobody gives me a hard time when I go into a bar and I'm mainly only looking for IPAs. So at the same time, like I guess I see where people are coming from. If they have a specific beer style and that's what they really like, they should be able to drink it and it, it shouldn't be too big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, I love that idea of maybe you know, introducing them with a, a hazy or New England IPA and then shifting them to where their taste could or should go next or could go next with a flight or some other, you know, recommendation based off the fact that they like a hazy or want to try a hazy. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I personally am kind of in the boat with Wes in terms of agreeing and disagreeing with some of what Corey said in that article and specifically around this quote. I personally don't think that all New England IPAs are the same. I mean, that's basically trying to say that all porters are all, you know, single IPAs or all pilsners are the same. There's so much variety. And I know that we've talked personally about the varied beer within a specific style. And there's, you know, different tastes and different brewmasters have different tastes and every individual has a different taste. So I think the wider variety of of beers within a style of, of available is better for the beer industry as a whole. And Wes, to your point, I think bringing people in the door 
is going to be good because it's going to help bars. It's going to help breweries over like, you know, rising tide floats all boats type situation. Um, where I agree with Corey is kind of buying into the art instead of what the beer is in the liquid. And I think, I think we run into this a lot because we used untapped and we're constantly searching for the new beer. The first thing that's going to grab my eye is going to be the label. Like if there's a label that's going to be catchy, I'm going to look at it first. And I know that people say, don't judge a book by its cover, but a lot of people do when it comes to books. And I do when it comes to beers, my, my method of buying beer now at this point is unless I know specifically what beer I'm trying to get, I'm going to look at labels, then I'm going to check untapped. And if I haven't had it and it is a decently rated beer above a three and a half, I'm probably going to buy it kind of like regardless. something new. Yeah, exactly. Cause I'm looking for something new. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird quote. I understand what he's saying. It's, it's, and on one again, I'm pretty much operating on just what this quote said. I know he elaborated more, but I get what he's saying. People are just looking for the hazy with the pretty can and that's not what you want. But if you do look past just the people who are just searching for the random hazy and a pretty can, what I come from a marketing background. If there's, if I go to my local bottle shop at any time, there's a hundred IPA sitting in that thing. Right. So why don't you want the can that looks the coolest that's going to bring my attention? Cause I mean, that's certainly going to work for me. I mean, like oh, yeah. you're, you've got my attention. If uh, my first glance, like Andy said is for a cool can. And then to be honest, I I'm a little bit on the like more beer nerd side where I then research it on untapped. And if you have like a three, four average, I'm unfortunately going to leave your cool can in the case, but your, your can art is what draws me in first. Absolutely. I, I do think to, to Wes and uh, Andy's point, it starts with beer advocate reviews. I might have a wish list. I'll look at untapped ratings, but if everything in the cooler is relatively consistent and there might be a couple styles that I'm looking at, the, the only real thing I can fall back on is sort of what the can looks like, or maybe at a very detailed level, the description that they put on the can. Outside of that, there's there's not a whole lot to go on. It's not like I've, I've tried every single brewery um, to know if I have brewery preferences. So to me, it's almost a, a default fallback. If, if everything's consistent, I'd, I'd rather have something cool looking in my fridge. Yeah, Josh, you make a good point. And I'm, I'm going to make a little bit of a selfish plug because I think this topic and what we're talking about is something that we've all taken to heart and kind of spurred us to create our Instagram account, the Brews Day Review, where we are looking at these beer can art labels and drinking the beer and reviewing the beer and posting it to Instagram because we are finding these cans and these bottles and, you know, crowlers and, you know, breweries are going all in on the art. So, you know, we definitely, you know, post almost every day pretty regularly a, a different beer can or a beer that we've tried that we really enjoy the artwork and we really enjoy the beer. So make sure to check us out on the Bruce Day review on Instagram. Shameless plug. Awesome, Andy. Now Shameless. that we've come back from work. these ads, <laughs> how much should we pay for that? It was, it was expensive. Andy's yeah. VOs are nice. The, the, and sorry to go on like a small tangent here, but I would almost even say that we've, we've talked to us as a group together. We've talked about before that there's, there's situations where we give a certain beer a better rating. Cause like the, the atmosphere we're in, right. I, I will say I'm guilty. If you have a great can, I'm, I'm operating on that 0.1 scale. Now, uh, most of us are 
uh, untapped supporters. So we get the, the point one scale and untapped. I, you will definitely get a point one, point two bump from me just because it's like the whole experience is a little better because you have that cool can. I, and the cooler your can is, the more excited I am to try it. So like I have that. I, you also could let me down a lot more because I was excited. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. But if you, if you prove yourself and it is a good beer, I think you're going to get a little bit bumped from me just because I'm excited. Cause that there's, there's a level of excitement with a cool can for me. Wes, I think you hit it perfectly because it, it works either to your advantage or not, because if it, if I'm really excited to try this beer because it has awesome can art and the descriptions on point, it has decent ratings. And then I try it and it's terrible it's actually probably going to get a worse score because I had so much anticipation around it. Yeah. So I guess a good question would be, do you guys have any favorite artwork or, or beer can art? One that comes to mind for me, whenever I'm in the store and I see a clown shoes, I feel like it's a can that I have to pick up and I have to just take a look at it. One, they, they do make some really good beers and I'm usually interested in trying them. But two, I, I really enjoy the different art that they have. So curious, do you guys have any favorites? Yeah, I definitely have a few favorites personally. Mostly breweries that I've had interactions with in terms of going to the beer, like going to the brewery or having a good number of beers. So I probably have like four on my list. Um, one of them being Golden Road Brewing Company out of Los Angeles, California. I think on their cans, they use a lot of different colors, really vibrant colors yeah. to try to set the scene on each different beer can, almost like creating the ideal atmosphere where that beer should be consumed or really trying to visualize what that beer means to them. Another one being Zilker Brewing Company. I'm very partial to Zilker Brewing Company. I lived in Austin, Texas for many years. That's where Zilker's based out of. I think they have a, one of the best just overall logos of a brewery and they tie that in really well to the different can designs that they produce so i'm a big fan of zilker one that i'm a fan of but i've actually never had one of their beer so and now that i live in the pacific northwest i'm close enough where i think i'm gonna be able to get my hands on one but it's great notion brewing out of portland oregon they work with an artist named chad eaton and he has this kind of like great style like very outdoorsy adventure almost like lager art <laughs> like um that really just looks cool kind of darker colors but also adds touches of kind of like vibrant reds and, and like flannels it's very outdoorsy very kind of pacific northwest but i personally really like their artwork Andy, that's a, a decent transition because one of the ones on my list i haven't had but it's, it's sort of on my my wish list which is hudson valley brewery uh they're out of uh new york somewhere um, and yeah, I haven't had a beer from them, but A, they have amazing ratings. I think their average for their entire brewery on Untapped is almost a 4-3. And all of their artwork is, is hand-drawn by a few different New York artists. Uh, so that's sort of, again, to, to what we were just talking about, it adds to the mystique and, and my hope to, to get my hands on, on one one day. Uh, the other one, which I, I've had recently, and I think Wes has had also, is Main Beer Company. They have a very clean and classic uh, beer and most of them are in bottles um, but they have a really simple logo it's nothing too complicated but I just, I just really like the look of it New Belgium I'll kind of throw them out there it's not necessarily for everyone but they have a theme and man do they stick to it I don't know if you've seen their Instagram account lately but it's it's their little skeleton guy just in all sorts of situations uh, trying to promote their beer I think you're talking about the the Voodoo Ranger series yep 
And then Prairie Artisan Ales uh, out of Oklahoma. I've had a few different of their beer, um, but it's a fun uh, drawn artwork. Everything's a little bit different, but because they use the same artist, uh, his name's Colin Healy, it all sort of has this similar look and feel, regardless of if the, the you know, what he's drawing may have not have anything to do with a previous can, but his style lends itself across the brand. And I actually think they'd be in big trouble if they lost him because they would lose some of that. They would have to find somebody new and, and either fake a look or they would just have to transition entirely to, to something new, which could be an issue. And, and maybe sticking with one artist isn't the best policy for that reason. Yeah, Prairie uh, Artisan did pretty well over 4th of July with that. I don't know what beer that was, but they had the uh, the 4th of July can with the American flag. It was like animals yeah. making up an American flag. <laughs> that was all over Instagram a couple of days ago for 4th of July. House Brewing Company, I got to bring them up out of Venice Beach. They've got just that house lager, super clean, simple design on it. It almost looks like you took a Miller Lite and made it really modern. It, but it's like a craft water, so it tastes a lot better as well, uh, to give them credit. Um, yeah. Humble Sea Brewing is a new one that's been coming to Arizona. They're out hmm. of Santa Cruz, California. They they just started hitting the shelves out here, but they just they combine funny names with really funny artwork. Uh, just to name a couple that I've had recently real quick, uh, Backstreet Buoys, which was five buoys dressed up as the Backstreet Boys. Nice. Um, and socks and sandals was my favorite. We checked that one in on the Bruce Day review. Uh, it just literally the artwork was a hairy pair of legs in shorts with socks and like Tevas on. So it was just really <laughs> funny. Like, um, and just to throw out a cool a few locally here in Arizona, uh, not to get into them much, but Pueblo Vida, Renhouse, Goldwater, and Arizona Wilderness. Just to give a, sh- a local shout out to all of them, they all do really cool, clean designs. They play with some fun stuff and all of them, all of them do great job with it. So it's just, I just want to make sure to throw out some local people there too. Renhouse is cool. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to check in our unique beer of the week. Hey there. Thanks for checking out the Brews Day podcast. For more content or to leave a comment, check out our Instagram and Twitter accounts at the Brews Day. And for your daily dose of beer photos and reviews, check us out on Instagram at the Brews Day Review. Cheers. And now back to the show. All right, we're back. For this week's unique check-in, we all picked up Black is Beautiful from a local brewery near us. In case you're not familiar with this one, Black is Beautiful is a collaborative effort to raise awareness for the injustice that many people of color face. 100% of the proceeds are donated to local foundations that support police brutality reform and legal defenses for those who have been wrongly convicted. Weathered Souls Brewery out of San Antonio created Black is Beautiful. The recipe and can art is available for any brewery that wants to participate. So let's give it a try. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, at first taste, I'm really happy with how the beer tastes i got mine from stoop brewing which is based out of seattle washington this specific version is six percent abv 50 ibu it has an untapped average rating of 3.79 with only 66 check-ins obviously this is unique for me Uh, the proceeds from this from stoops version of black is beautiful is being donated to the northwest community bail fund 
which is a nonprofit organization that provides cash bail for uh, marginalized people that are you know sitting in jail and can't pay bail due to financial circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. It's it's definitely you know they I think they went pretty straightforward with just making this one a stout. It's dark. It, you get a lot of like chocolatey notes, coffee. But for me, this one has a pretty smooth finish and doesn't really linger too long as an aftertaste. So I'm really enjoying this. For me, it's somewhere somewhere probably right around the average three seven three eight for me. Nice. Yeah. So I got mine from uh, a brewery that all of us love from our uh, college town. Four Peaks Brewing out of Tempe, Arizona. Uh, they went a little bit of a different route with it. I know uh, Andy had one that was barrel-aged uh, previous to this, um, but this is a barrel-aged Imperial Porter aged on cherries. And man, the from first smell of this thing, you get you get cherries right up your nose. It, it's it's they they they're not lying there. Um, it's 11.7% ABV. Uh, they don't listen to IBU. 4.32 average on, on tap, but only 14 check-ins, which That's is strange. Weird. It's been out for like four weeks now. So maybe just not a, a lot of untappers are taking it. Obviously it's unique for me. Um, hundred percent of proceeds for this one. will be going to the greater Phoenix urban league. Um, this is just such a cool project. I, even if it was a terrible beer, I I'm happy that I bought it just to support this, this, whole movement that they've done and what a cool job what a cool situation that this is and just this i hope i hope we keep seeing these shared recipe beers uh, we've had three in the last maybe year here and i just hope they keep coming out it's just so fun to see these things um this thing smells boozy it smells cherry it's smooth as hell i would i'm not going to go up to a four three but i'm definitely at a like four four one on this it's really good wow well, so is that canned or did is this on tap? Uh, it's a mini growler. I it's it's on tap. It, it's on. I, I can't say on tap because I'm too used to saying untapped. It is on <laughs> tap. Uh, so it was a mini growler. Four Peaks is doing a really cool thing out there right now that um, they're giving away growlers because they don't because of COVID. Uh, they don't want you to bring your own dirty growler in. They don't want they don't want their employees up to touch that. So growlers are free right now. So it's a really it's a really cool time to go there. You can collect a lot of four piece growlers if you want them well and, and Wes you mentioned that you know it's a shared recipe obviously but the even the difference in Andy explaining his versus yours you're talking about double the ABV you're talking about barrel aging it a little bit differently um, my guess is that if you guys were able to sample your beer side by side there are going to be some similarities but there's also a lot of difference um, which mm. to me it still kind of gets the message out. And I, I love the idea of sharing recipes, but there's also a uniqueness that each region brings to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one aspect of this that we've all, I think experienced, but I think will help with the longevity of, of this specific cause is that there are breweries that are taking their time releasing their beer. I think Josh, mm -hmm. you mentioned that kind of, in a separate conversation, more of a personal conversation that you were searching for a black is beautiful, but one of the local breweries near you wasn't going to be producing one or at least releasing it until October. Yeah. So and I'll, I'll kind of jump in. I, when we decided to go black is beautiful, I was excited about it. I have six breweries in the city that I'm in. So I assumed I'd be able to, to find it somewhat easily and, and was sort of bummed to learn that no one within my immediate area was participating. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, underwhelmed uh, with with that type of support 
I did find one to your point. It's about 60 miles away from me. So I'll shout out Dolores River Brewery. Um, and they are planning to have one in stock in early fall. So even though it's, a, it's quite a distance, I'll, I'll probably be making a drive out there, not only to try that beer, but to check out the brewery because they're brewing it. I will mention though, the, the list of breweries that are participating is growing by the day. Yeah. So currently on the blackisbeautiful.beer uh, website, which is basically tra- tracking all of this, uh, they list 960 different breweries in all 50 states and within 18 different countries that wow. are currently participating right now. So that's up even from when we first started talking about it uh, about a, several weeks ago. So it's great to see. Um, just in, in Texas alone, there's over 100 breweries that are taking part. I was able to get mine at Celestial Beer Works, which is uh, local here in Dallas. It has a 10% ABV, an average on untapped of 4.15 with 100 check-ins. It's fantastic. I'm really enjoying it. It's it's dark. It's bold. It's it has a lot lot of coffee notes. I'm really enjoying this one. This is a, a solid stout. I was able to get a four pack, and I'm looking forward to the other three. Nice. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tie it back to one of the things actually to the quote early on that we talked about where Corey was saying that everyone's drinking and inter- being introduced to hazies now and it sucks, and it's like talking about the variety we're talking about the same recipe that's been shared and each of these breweries have taken it and made it their own so even with a mostly similar recipe we're getting beers that vary wildly from mine at six percent to wes's to over ten percent rob to yours so that i think that's like the beauty of the variety of the beers you can have so many different options even with the same style or even the same recipe Andy, I would, I would argue that some people, this might actually be their introduction to something like an Imperial yeah. Age style, oh, absolutely. because it might not normally be their style, but this is a movement specifically that they want to get behind. And just getting people to go outside of their comfort zone to me is, is part of the mission he was talking about. And, and this is just one easy way of doing that. All right, so moving on to our big board. In the last episode, we talked about Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Joey Chestnut came out and put down 75 hot dogs in the nice, cool air conditioning without any fans. And Miki Sudo put down 48.5. I don't know if if I'm pronouncing her name right. So Josh, you were the winner. You were the big winner of the week. You guessed 109 total hot dogs. You were the closest. The the total came out to it's 123.5. Honestly, I'll I'll take my win, but I did I thought I was going to be towards the upper echelon uh at 109, and I, I did not have any idea it would be that high. I did happen to see that she hit 48 and a half, and I figured I had it in the bag unless. I don't know. Joey choked on a hot dog. It's yeah, probably gonna we weren't even close. <laughs> yeah. By the way, like the winner was what twenty four away or yeah. uh, fourteen away. The yeah. only person that choked was Andy, with his guess that the field was going to win and that the Joey was Chestnut rough. was going to lose. That's the I'm only just, person that choked. I'm just glad I didn't make a side bet like Wes did. That's a, that's what I'm really glad about. <laughs> well, this week it's coming back. Technically, we were supposed to. We yeah. just forgot to. So you just got lucky. The yeah. one thing I will say, and I don't know if it's because of 
just how furiously you have to consume hot dogs at the rate that he did to get to 75 or if he was like splashing himself with water or just sweating but by the end of that joey chestnut looked like he had competed outside in 100 degree heat he was completely drenched in sweat and his white competitor t-shirt was basically sweat through entirely the man ate 75 hot dogs give him a break you can sweat a little bit if you eat <laughs> 75 hot I feel dogs. like they need to do it in a cooler setting. Like, let the man, like, be a little cool. Do it in, like, it's a, a hot dog every, like, eight seconds. It's yeah, absurd. It's well, That's he does gnarly, consume man. it, like, what, two hot dogs at a time? Yes, at least what I, at least the video yeah. that I well, saw. The he hot was, dogs and then the buns. Yeah, he was two at a timing each time. I feel I think, like don't hate on the champ just because you lost, Andy. Yeah, Andy, yeah. come on. Look, I, I have respect for the man. I've seen him eat a world record amount of pot stickers in 10 minutes live. So I know how voraciously the man can eat. So I have respect for him. But I like to take the underdog. Speaking of the underdog, the side bet should have been whoever didn't, uh, whoever got, you know, dead last uh, should have had to do a hot dog eating contest to try to catch up to the person who got last place, which was really only 20 hot dogs in 10 minutes. <laughs> it's a 30 second hot dog a minute or thir- uh, hot dog per 30 second pace. I feel like we might be able to do that. I just, if you're just only maybe. choosing six competitors, <laughs> can't you pick Six competitors that can eat like 30 plus. I don't know. That's, I mean, I'm not going to talk to man ate 20. I don't, I don't know. It was know probably the air 20. conditioning throwing him off, man. Yes. Or the lack of fans. Maybe the fans would have boosted him to at least 30. All right. So for this week, for this episode, we're moving on to UFC fight 251, which is Usman versus Masvidal. Am I pronouncing that right? Masvidal. Sure. Masvidal. All right. Same. Same but different. <laughs> this is the fight that everyone has been waiting for. You've got Usman at 16, 1, and 0, and Masvidal, who's at 35, 13, and 0. Usman standing at 6 foot, 170 pounds. Masvidal at 5'11", 170 pounds. Who are you guys taking? Josh, let's start with you. I'm going yeah, to Usman. Uh, and I'm going to take them in the tiebreaker. I'll say three rounds. I think it's going to be a knockout, but I think it's going to take a little while to get there. I know very little about both of them, but uh, looking at them both, I always go with the reach, uh, which Usman has uh, by by at least two inches. So I'm, I'm going to stick with that. All right, so I'll go next since I was second last week. I'm also going Usman, but I think it's going all the entire way. I think it's going five rounds. Uh, Wes, you're up next. Uh, I'm going with Usman the Mon. He's gonna win. He is. He is literally 14 pounds heavier. He's got two extra inches of reach, and he's an inch taller. I, I gotta go with him. He's gonna win. I'm going four rounds, so I'm right between you guys, which is great because that means I'm safe from losing. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> unless, well, unless he doesn't. Win. Andy, Andy, uh, and then we'll see. <laughs> All right, Andy, who do you got? Well, I mean, I said it earlier, I like to take the underdog. So I'm taking Jorge Masvidal on this one, a.k.a. game bread, because he's bred for the game and he's bred for the KO. So I have Masvidal winning. And what the listeners will learn 
especially when it comes to me picking USC fights and, and mixed martial arts and anything kind of uh, fighting related when it comes to combat sports, there's always going to be three keys to victory. So Masvidal for this fight has three keys to victory. Is it the same three keys to victory? It's always, always the same that we, that we've previously discussed for, for other fights. Possibly. You have to wait to hear <laughs> what those are. So, no spoilers, Rob. Yeah, no spoilers. Jesus, Dang, Come on. Rob. So number one is he's got to apply constant pressure to Usman. You can't, you can't give him an inch. You got it. You just got to keep going at him. That's number one. Number two, you got to take advantage of any mistakes that Usman's going to make. You got to really capitalize on it. And then number three, you hope you got to hope that you're going to win. You got to believe. And that also leads to my tiebreaker, which is the KO is going to happen in the third round because you're hoping for the KO in round three because you don't want it to go five. But it is going five. I don't think so. According to me, I hope. I'm hoping. We shall see. I love that Andy's keys to victory go all the way from beer pong to like the NFL. It's the the exact same for all. They're very versatile. They apply (laughs) to a lot of different activities. I'm just saying the third key of hope, hope just makes you sound like you're just screwed. It's like, yeah. And just hope you don't lose horribly. In case you're still <laughs> listening, I'm just I'm just hoping nothing goes wrong. Yeah. I hope I don't die in this fight. You got to have a positive attitude going into the fights. You got to have hope. <laughs> I hope the best for you, Andy. <laughs> All right, so moving on to our lightning round. We're going to be doing chug, sip, pour again. So I'll give three different styles of beer. You will need to select one that you're going to chug, a style that you're going to sip, and a style that you're going to pour. Wes, I'm going to start with you. So again, chug, sip, pour. One of these styles you have to chug, one you have to sip, and one you have to pour out. Okay. The first is going to be a West Coast IPA. The second style will be a New England IPA. And the third is going to be a triple IPA. So we're sticking in the IPA family. Oh, a lot of my favorites. Yeah, I like that one. Well, geez. You're just, you're going with the making it, making my heart hurt when I pour one of these out is what you're going with. Um, All right. So we just had this discussion and I got to bring it in. We're going to bring it back. And I'm going to agree with a little bit with the quote earlier. And since so many New Englands are getting thrown in our face nowadays, I certainly will be able to find one very easily. <laughs> Anywhere. After I pour it out, I'm going to pour out the New England IPA, unfortunately. I don't like it, but I'm going to do it. You're going to dump because the hazy It's not train? that easy to find a good old West Coast IPA nowadays. And a triple IPA is always a little bit rare. I'm not going to chug a triple IPA. (laughs) Unfortunately, I am going to chug a West Coast IPA, which is going to hurt, but it'll make me feel better that I didn't pour it out. And then I'm going to go and sip on that triple IPA uh, because I love a good triple IPA. Hoppier, the better. I'm going that route. At least you'll be awake to sip on the triple IPA after you chug that single. Yeah, I mean, just for ease of yourself, I, I assumed you would chug the New England, but but I appreciate the saving of the solid West Coast. Yeah. yeah. They're unfortunately a rare thing nowadays. Yeah. All right, Josh, over to you. All right. Again, chug, sip, pour. First one, sour. 
Second, cider. Third, Belgian triple. Cider, Belgian triple, and sour. That's a tough one. I would chug the sour. I would pour out the cider, and I think I would sip the triple. All right. Andy, over to you. We're not going to get a lot of commentary. I don't have a lot of justification. It was a weird mixture, and like, I, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll let it go. All right, Andy, for you, we've got hard seltzers, light beer, or a mystery beer selected by Wes. Ooh. And when hard you say seltzer. light beer, do you mean like just a light lager, aka Coors Light, Keystone Light, That's all right. that? Yep. Hard okay. seltzer, light beer, mystery beer selected by Wes. Thinking hard over there. Wes, you uh, have any commentary here? That You're pulled into this one. You don't know. I could be really nice. I could give you something very tasty from Arizona. He looks like a, a nice, nice guy, guy to me. But I also could just throw some. Sorry. What are the other two? What, what am I competing with my, with my hard seltzer here? and light beer? I mean, yeah, you got to keep well, Wes can't get too much worse. Yeah, it brown bag from Wes. Depending on what they are. It could be it a good sour. It could be his chalky beer that he poured out. Oh, God, Ooh. I wouldn't do that. Did you I don't think there's a style of chonk. <laughs> That's not a chonk style should be of a beer. New style. No, 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 it was my chonky beer, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Personally brewed by my myself. <laughs> I, I promise you I wouldn't do that to you. See, he's going to be nice. All right, Andy, it's time. <laughs> so do I, have to, do I have to pick before Wes reveals his third type? Yeah. Yes. It's a mystery beer. Oh, it's a well, brown bag. <laughs> Why are you waiting for him to tell you a beer? Yeah, by just definition of the name, you can't know what it is. Oh, my apologies. I, I thought I was supposed to wait for Wes to reveal. Yeah, it's oh, a mystery. No. Yeah, it's a mystery. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pour out the light beer. I'm gonna sip the seltzer, and I'm gonna chug the mystery beer. I'm going all in. I am chugging the mystery beer. I can't believe you didn't trust me more than yeah, that. Yeah, I thought you'd sip Wes's I was gonna beer. Give, I'm going to give you some sort of delicious double IPA. A double nice Mickey's? and because I know that's what you like. <laughs> what? And I told Andy, Andy has to chug a Pliny's now, and it's going to be rough. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Pliny the Younger for you. You're going to chug for going to make people cry throughout the nation. All right, yeah. Rob. We got one for you. And... We just did this because we're your friends. We love you. And we know, yeah, we love you. And we know how much you like sour things. You like sour beers. You like sour food. Everything's sour, right? That's your favorite? Oh, yeah. Am I correct? Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's sarcasm there for the audience. Uh, We are going to go with a sour beer, a sour IPA, or a goza, which is a little sour and a little salty. All sour for you. All right, sour beer, sour IPA, and a sour goza. Well, well a goza by definition, yeah. Sour, yeah. All right, yeah, it'll be an extra sour one. Yes, I'm going to sip the sour IPA. 
I am going to chug the Goza, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to pour the sour beer. That's what I I agree with that. That, That's a good way to go. I would do the same. And I like sour things, so. (laughs) That was a good answer. Hard to offend you. You, you, He has, the audience can't see this, but he just has an offended look on his face. Disgusted, (laughs) offended look. He's angry about drinking any of these right (laughs) now. He's angry that they even selected these beers for me. Next week, sour IPA as main beer. Good job, Rob. <laughs> yep. Yep. Thanks, guys. All right. So let's move on. Good, bad, and the ugly for the week. Wes, let's start with you. What uh what's what's been good? What's been bad? What's been ugly? The good is I am going to up to Tahoe, uh, Lake Tahoe for the weekend to just relax and have some fun. Um the bad is it got delayed by a day. I was supposed to leave tomorrow. I am now leaving uh, the day after tomorrow just for some work and some uh, logistical reasons. But, hey, man, I'm going to be in Lake Tahoe for four days, and I that is going to be amazing, and I can't complain because it's 115 degrees in Arizona, and it's not that <laughs> at Lake Tahoe. So yeah, it'll be real that'll nice be great. There. Yeah. Dip your toe in some cool water. Yeah. Nice. Excited. Andy, what about you? Um, I had a pretty tame 4th of July. I mean, I don't really have any battered uglies. I mean, 4th of July was nice. The weather's been good in the Pacific Northwest. Probably the, the, the good that's coming up and, and uh, I would, I might say it's a little bit bad for Wes, but I will be, uh, up this coming weekend. We'll be traveling down to Carlsbad, California for a beach few day vacay. And I'm excited for that. Nice. Josh. Nice. Uh, the, the good is that I will very likely be joining Andy. So looking forward to that. Um, two sort of bads, maybe ugly. Uh, I kind of already mentioned it. I was a little bummed that none of the breweries around me were participating in Black is Beautiful. Uh, and the second is transitioning from Dallas to Colorado has been great, but it's been hot as balls here. And what I miss is everywhere in Dallas is air conditioned. It's not as hot here, but you live within the heat. So I'm, I'm sort of adjusting to, to living in the, the high 80 uh, temperature in, inside. I get some fans. I have yeah, a lot of fans. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of fans happening. Yeah, so two goods for me. One is uh, over July 4th, was able to catch up some family. We all quarantined together, but good to see some family. And looking forward to catching up with a couple of you in Carlsbad next week. That'll be fun. All right, that's it for this episode. Peace. 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 Peace.